So we're going to read verse 24 here, and it says, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel, and he said to the army commanders who had come with him, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Does that sound familiar? We read that verse, something like that last week when we talked about fearless was the message last week. And if you didn't hear it, by the way, FYI, you can listen to it for free online on the website on podcast or uh, the app. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all. Can everybody say all? to all the enemies you are going to fight. I was reading this some days ago, and I was thinking about how sometimes God just calls us to put our foot down on some stuff. And so I just, I feel like that's the word that God wants. There's some things I feel like, like some of us are facing, have been facing some seemingly impossible situations in our lives. And I just want you to dare to bring some of those impossible situations to mind right now and ask the Lord, God, are you asking me to put my foot down on this seemingly impossible situation? Because if you are, then I got some instructions for you on how you can do that, okay? And so you may be seated. Everybody, you can sit down. So Joshua tells us here that there was five kings There was five kings, so I'm going to give you a little background. Joshua, and I I hope not to talk too long, unless I get really excited, but hopefully, I know we got to eat, so we're going to eat, but so Joshua is is leading the people, a nation of Israel, and they are in the promised land. They finally made it, and now that they've made it to the promised land, they actually have to conquer it. They have to take it, and there is these five kings, five kings, everybody say five. Five kings that, that would bubble up every once in a while, poke their heads out, and inflict harm on the people of Israel. And so it just so happened to be that these five kings were all together. They were hiding out in a cave, and Joshua was super excited. He's like, oh my, they're all there. Now is our chance. And so what he does is he, he tells the, the people of the, his generals, he says, all right, let's surround this cave. Let's pull all that out. Let's pull all these kings out. And sometimes when we're facing some impossible situations, sometimes when we're facing some things that seem r- really negative, we have, to, we have to pull it out of the dark. Sometimes these things are in the dark. And you know that it's, it's in a dark room where you develop your negative thoughts and your negative you know, intentions and stuff. And he said, he said to them, don't fall apart. Don't freak out. He said, don't be afraid. That word, don't be afraid, basically it means don't fall apart on me. Don't freak out because you're facing an impossible situation because you're facing great opposition. Don't be afraid. Put your foot down. But you've got to get, you've got to put your foot down in order to get the victory over these five kings. So these five kings, I believe, represent to us five things in our lives. And they are the way we touch, the way we look, what we see, what we touch, what we taste, what we smell, and what we see. And we're going to look at each one of these five kings and, and, and talk about, because these are our faith killers. 
These, these, these five kings represent the five senses. And, and these five senses, they lurk in the darkness. And they, they're, they're five senses that, that if we listen to these, they will get the better of us and they will win every time and, and we won't have the victory over these things. So, so what I want to do is I want to go through these five senses for just a moment because I believe there are five faith killers, all right? So you ready? Let's do this. If we want to conquer these, these senses in our lives, the first one I want to deal with is the sense of smell, the sense of smell, all right? You know, in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, you have the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I talked a little bit about them last week. And the Bible actually talks about these guys that would not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, this guy that was making them worship him. And they said, no, we're not. So they threw him in a furnace. And when they were in the furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, he started calling out to them. Let's read it together. All right? It says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached, you can follow along, uh, Daniel chapter 3, all, right up on the big screen. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fire, and the satraps and the prefects, governors, and the royal advisors, they crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. So the first thing that we've got to do is we're, if we're going to be able to get our foot down on the sense of smell is that, that God doesn't want us to go through our fiery trials because we all go through trials in our lives. We all go through different types of, of trials. And, 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 and what happens is, you know, someone who's, I don't know where you work at, but you can work at different places. You work all day and all of a sudden you're, or you're out on the street and you come home and you have that smell from where you were at, from where your work is at, right? And, and you ever met people that, that, that they've walked through some fiery trials and they come and they still smell like they're going through that trial? You ever met people like that? That they, all they do is they want to talk about this fiery trial that they're going through. Oh, but you don't know what I've, and, and that's what they do. They complain about it. And they whine about it. Maybe, maybe there was somebody here that got burned in a relationship or you got burned in a business deal or you got burned at church because some preacher was a hypocrite and didn't say what they were going to do or, or, or maybe you felt judged by somebody. But if you're going to have victory in, in the faith fight, you've got to get victory over what you smell. I don't want to smell like everything I've been through. You know, I've been through a lot of stuff in ministry, a lot of stuff. And I believe that's why priests in the Old Testament, they had to burn incense. Because if not, they would smell like all that blood. You know, they would sacrifice animals and they would have the, you know, intestines and all that stuff out there. And if so, if they didn't burn, then they would smell like that. And so that's why I believe in the Old Testament, they had to burn this stuff off because it, it's, it, it's taking off the smell off of them too. You know, dealing with problems, dealing with, with Sister Chismosa or, or the gossiper. <laughs> right? Dealing with, you know, dealing with all the issues that we deal with. I don't want to take home to my kids. I don't want to take home to my kids the smell of, can you imagine the blood and, and, and the gore and all these priests in the Old Testament, all that smell? That's why they had to burn some incense. You got to kill that smell of ministry. You got to burn incense. That's why we ought to be worshipers like we did today. Wasn't worship awesome this morning? It was awesome this morning. Worship is a type of burning of incense, you guys. And we've got to get victory over our smell 
in Luke chapter 11, Jesus, he's talking about Lazarus. And he, he says to the people, he says, roll back the stone. And the people say, oh, no, 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 but we can't because right now if we do, his body is going to what? It's going to stink. And I believe that that's a form of unbelief. That they were, what they were responding to, even though Jesus said, roll back the stone, they were, they were responding in unbelief, saying, well, I don't know if we can do that because he's going to, we don't want to do that because he's going to smell. And see, if we don't put down, we don't put our foot down on that sense of smell, we'll never get the miracle. We'll never get the resurrection that we want in our lives. Maybe your marriage stinks today. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, yeah, I know it might stink, but roll the stone away anyway. I know it might stink, but just believe. And so if your marriage is here and you feel like it stinks, I want to tell you, just believe. If your finances stink today, I just want to tell you this morning, still believe. Maybe your children are going through a season where it seems like they just can't get their act together and you feel like giving up. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to conquer that. You gotta put your foot down in spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel, in spite of what we smell, in spite of what, what we sense. The truth is that God is on our side and he's saying to us, if we will act first, if we will put our foot down, God will be faithful to us and help us to be triumphant. Can I get a yes right there? Yeah. If you're not careful, you'll let that king, you know that king of smell that you heard about. I heard about when um, this 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 these grandchildren, they were, they were pretty naughty. They took their grandfather while he was sleeping and they, they put this really smelly cheese, Limburger cheese. You guys ever heard of Limburger cheese? It smells really bad. While he was sleeping, uh, he was taking a nap. They, put, they rubbed it, right, he had this mustache that had like these handlebars on it and they rubbed the cheese on the handlebars. So when he woke up, he was like, man, this bedroom stinks. And then he went into his kitchen and he sat, he's like, man, this kitchen smells. And then he went outside and he said, man, this world stinks. And see, if we're not careful, we're gonna walk around with the smell in our lives continually. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna smell and, 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 and walk around with this, this, this feeling of, of, of everything stinks. You're gonna be smelly. The stinky attitude. You're walking around, if you're not careful, you're, you, you've been burned by so many people, you go through so many situations that you start going around with this stinky and negative attitude. And the word of the Lord to you today is just because you've been through the fire, you don't have to smell like it. Did you hear that? Just because you've been through the fire, you don't have to smell like it. Burn some incense of praise and thankfulness and thank God that you still got a future. Can somebody say yes to that? That's your first king. Your second king that I want you to put your foot down is the second king is the sense of what we feel. You know, one of the five senses is the sense of, of touch. And if you don't watch it, you'll begin to get into your feelings more than your faith. And it's a, it's a real enemy of faith, the sense of feeling and touch. There's a story in the book of Genesis in chapter 27. Uh, the, the story is about a guy named Isaac. And Isaac had two sons. One of them, his name was Jacob, and the other one was named Esau. And Isaac, here in this chapter, he was, he was pretty old, and he was going blind. He was pretty much blind. 
And there was this thing in, in the Old Testament, which is actually something I really would love to talk with everybody here about. Uh, another Sunday, it's another talk about the power of a blessing. And, and, but, but so Isaac was getting ready to die, and he was blind, and he was wanting to bless his son, the oldest son. The oldest son, his name was Esau. But what happened? Jacob, the younger son, got wind of it. And he said, no, 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 I, don't, I want the blessing. See, a blessing in the Old Testament was very powerful. And you know what? Even today, a blessing is very powerful. We'll talk about that another time. I can't wait. We've got a, got a whole talk I, want, I would love to do on the power of a blessing. But, but so, so Jacob was like, no, no, no. I don't want Esau to get the blessing, so I want to get the blessing. So he disguised himself. He got a goat, and he killed it, and the, the goat had some hair on it. He put it on, on his arms because his brother Esau was very hairy. So he put it on his arms, and he went up to his, to his dad, who was blind, and he, and, and he says, Dad, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready for the blessing. And Isaac says, okay, but you sound like Jacob. He said, come on in. And he came in, and, and, and Isaac put his hand on his arms, and he said, he said, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And because Isaac went with how he felt, he pronounced the blessing on the younger son, on Jacob, instead of on Esau. Let's read it together. Verse 21 here says, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him, and he said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. He actually blessed him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank. And he decided... Isaac decided to go on his feelings instead of what he was hearing, and he gave the blessing to the wrong son. And so the point here is, it's simply this. If we go by what we feel instead of what we hear from God's word, we will miss it every time. If we go by what we feel instead of what God says in his word, we'll miss it every time. We've got to get to the place that we get beyond. Everybody say beyond. Beyond our feelings. You see, your fickle feelings We'll tell you to go do something, and we'll tell you to do something. Sometimes in church, you get your feelings hurt. Sometimes in ministry, you get your feelings hurt. Sometimes in marriage, you get your feelings hurt. A lot. But we've got to put our foot down on the neck of our feelings and say, you know what, I can't just go by my feelings. We got to, just because I, I didn't get the solo on the praise team, I'm not going to quit the praise team. Just because pastor gave this job to somebody else instead of me, I'm not going to stop coming. I'm not going to get hurt. I, I'm going to just believe that, hey, I can get victory over these feelings. If we go by what we feel instead of what we hear from God's word, we will miss it every time. That's a good yes right there. Can somebody say yes? Okay, that's good. We can't allow our feelings to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. And if you've had your feelings hurt when they said, he said, she said, oh, you hurt my feelings. Well, you just don't know what that person said to me. 
I want to encourage you to put your foot down on the necks of those feelings and say, you know what? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to do this anyhow. If you don't mind, you're going to live your life of defeat, but I am not. There's a third king that I want us to put our foot down on. And it's the third, this third king, we, we're going to put our foot down on, on the, the sense of smell, right? The last one was what? The sense of touch, and this one is the sense of seeing. What do you see? One of the five senses, one of the kings there. See, if you depend on what you see, they'll talk you out of what you're supposed to do. The apostle Paul said that we walk by, what was it, Nina? We talked about this. You walk by what? And not by not by sight. You walk by faith and not by sight. And in the scripture, there's an interesting story of an old prophet in the Old Testament. His name is Elisha. And the Bible says that he was surrounded by the Assyrian army. And his servant was there, and his servant was scared. There was a whole army surrounding them. And, and he told his servant, walk out there and tell me what you see. And the boy walked out, and he said, man, I, I, I see the enemy's chariots completely surrounding the house. And he walked out, and he said, oh my, what are we going to do, prophet? What are we going to do? They're, they're surrounding us. And you can read the scripture there. That they got us surrounded, and he prayed. Uh, Elisha prayed an interesting prayer. He said this. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hill full of horses, of chariots of fire all around Elisha. And he walked right back out on the same porch, but this time, not only did he see the ground level, he saw above. He looked, he saw above the problem. And when we go into battle, you guys, all we see a lot of times is the ground level, but as believers, if we will lift up our eyes to the hills, from where comes our help, you see, that's what Elisha was still, he was asking the servant, lift up your eyes and see, see the, the chariots of fire that are, that are there, that there are more with them, with us than they are with them. And so you might be facing something, you might have gotten a bad report. You might see a bad report, an x-ray came back a way you didn't expect it to come. When you get something in your family, somebody tells you, you know, in your house, you, you got an impossible situation, you're facing a difficulty that seems too big for you to overcome. You cannot allow your, what you feel, what you smell, and what you see to talk you out of what God has promised you. Ultimately, God has promised you victory in your life. You may go through this and that. You may go through the fire and through the flood, but ultimately, God has planned no defeat for his children. It's a good place to say yes to. Even in the scripture, even in death, the scripture says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so we cannot be deterred by what we see. And the Bible said that when he walked out, he didn't just see these Assyrian troops, but he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes, and when he lifted up his eyes, he saw what he didn't see before. He saw the promise of God that was bigger than the problem. And so we have to decide what are we going to focus on. Are we going to focus on God's promise or are we going to focus on our problem? What are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on what God has said about this situation or are we going to focus on the impossible mountain and Goliath that we're facing, on this bad report? Are we going to believe the word of God or are we just going to listen to this bad report? I heard a story about a chicken hen. 
a chicken yard that had hen in it, right? This, this hen house, and there was this rooster that was in charge, right? And the, these chicken hens were laying eggs all over the place, and, and right next door, there was a fence, and right next door, there was these two boys around Christmas time, and they had gotten for Christmas this, this white football, so they were passing it to each other, and then one of them had the great idea of kicking it to each other. One kicked and went over the fence into the yard, this chicken yard of, of, of chicken and hens who were laying eggs, and so the rooster chicken sees that football, this white football, and he calls all his hens over. He said, come over here, ladies. Come over here. I want you to look at this. He says, you see this? He said, this is what the, neighbor, this is what the neighbors are producing, so y'all got to get your act together. <laughs> and so if we focus on what we see, it will consume us, but we got we to gotta focus on what the promise of God says. Can somebody say yes to that? You like that joke? That's good. All right. So there's another king that we're going to talk about. How many of you got your foot on what you smell? Say yes. How many of you are going to get your, your, your foot on what you see? Say yes. How many of you are going to get your foot on what you touch? Say yes. Come on. I, I'm talking about a miracle. If you want your miracle, you can't focus on the problem. You got to focus on what God says about the situation. I remember when I sensed the Lord uh, talking to us, Marie and I, about, about a shift. The winds were shifting where I was at, where I was pastoring at at the church. And, and I felt like God had given me this promise. And it was years and years. I'm talking about something recent. And years and years before this promise came to be. And there was times when I had this promise, but I didn't see any way it was going to come about. Because when I looked at it from all the logical standpoints that I could, I had some time to think it through for years, and it just wasn't adding up. It wasn't, I don't see how this is going to happen, God. I know you spoke to me about this, that, that I'm going to be, you know, moved to a place to, to, to take over uh, this church. But I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know how. But I'm not going to focus on, there was times where I wanted to lose heart, where I was saying, you know what, forget that. Let me just focus on what's in front of me. Let me just keep my mind on this. But I felt like God said, no, 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 no. Don't lose the promise that I've given you. And look where we are today, right? God said, yes, he opened these doors, and this is where we're at. And I'm praising God for that. Yes. Yes. So there's, there's another, another, another king we're going to talk about today. Another king, and, and that, that king is, is the, the, the sense of what you hear, what you hear. And that's a big one. Isn't that a big one? Can everybody say yes to that? It's a big one. Jesus said, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you allow to cross the bridge of your ears into your spirit because it can contaminate you. I was thinking about how the scripture talks about that we have, con we have to take control of our hearing, that we have to get victory over what we hear. And in the Old Testament, there's another great story about the scripture of Elijah how everybody was saying recession, recession, recession. Everybody was saying, oh, there's poverty. Everybody was saying, man, there's famine in the land. Everybody was saying, lay off. And everybody was saying, it's bad. As a matter of fact, you're going to get the Zika virus. <laughs> there's only a couple places in the whole U.S. where the Zika virus is, and Miami is what you're going to get the Zika virus. Everybody was saying that. All these bad reports, it's here. All this stuff is bad. It's, it's never going to turn around. 
And I love what Elijah says here. He says this verse, he says, I hear the sound of heavy. And in the Hebrew, that word is hamon. That word heavy could mean riches, multiplied, abundance. That's what it means, abundance of rain. See, I'm talking about faith today, people. I'm talking about believers who just don't just join in with what they hear, what everybody else is saying, this negative spirit of the world. We've got to put our foot down on what we see, on what we feel, on what we smell, and even on what we're hearing every day. See, Elijah was saying, I hear another sound. I'm tuned into another frequency. And I know it's not mind over matter, it's faith over unbelief. It's not this, I'm going to believe what God says, he says, over what everybody else says. Because guess what? God has this problem. If he thinks that I'm going to believe whatever, whatever I'm hearing, I'm not. I'm going to listen to what God says. I don't care what everybody else says. I hear, this is Elijah, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. We've got to put our foot down on what we hear. I thought about David who was standing with his soldiers about to go into battle and listen to the scripture. It says, scripture, scripture says that, that David was told by God, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So I don't know what you're hearing today, but I hear a moving in the poplar trees. I hear the sound of victory coming. I hear the sound of blessing coming. I hear the sound of favor coming. I hear the sound of healing coming. I hear the sound of blessed children rising up and serving Christ. Well, you know, you, you just got to accept that those kids are probably, you know, they, they're just not going to measure up. No, 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 no. I don't believe that report. As believers, we're not going to allow the enemy to get us, to just succumb to what he shows us and what he feeds our ears with. You remember the story when, when Jesus heard the voice, that booming voice, when he was about to get baptized, he heard a voice from heaven. You see, some people, when God spoke, some people heard thunder. They heard noise. Some heard thunder, they heard noise, but Jesus, he was hearing the voice of God. And today, some of us, we, we hear the praise music and all we think is racket, it's just noise. You're hearing me today and all you're thinking is, man, that's just noise. But see, I, others are saying, no, 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 I hear the sound of the Lord speaking to my heart. I hear the sound of abundance of rain speaking to my life. I'm telling you, the amazing thing is that when we get victory over our hearing and we say, Lord, I'm gonna tune into your report. I believe what you're saying. You said, well, you don't know what kind of bad news I got. Listen, if you will put your foot down on what you hear, put your foot down on what you hear in spite of what you smell, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you see, our God can turn it around. Amen. Lastly, the last king that we need to put our, our, our foot down on is the sense of taste. The king of taste. I thought about, there's a story in the Old Testament part of the Bible. The story about this pot of stew, Elisha. And, and they start eating it and they discover that in the pot of stew, there's these herbs that are poisonous. 
Now, you ever heard that story before? If you know, I'm going to tell you too, really quick. So there's this stew, and there's these herbs that were put in it, unbeknownst to the person, didn't know it, just put it in, and somebody tries it. Oh, no, there's death. It's poison in the stew. And the Bible said that the prophet said, you know what you do? Just put some flour in the poison stew. And flour represents bread. It represents the word of God. Whatever is poison in your life, it takes some word and throw it in it, you guys. Your marriage, you feel like it's poison? Put God's word and actions in the stew. Your children are not acting right? Throw in some God's word right there. Start praying back to God what God has already said that he was gonna do. You see, you've got to understand that faith places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. Would you say that with me? Faith places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. One more time. Faith places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. So we take flour, we take word, and we put it into our poison. Instead of getting up every day and saying, man, I, I'm not gonna make any sales today if you're a businessman. Man, today's gonna, it's gonna be a bad day just like yesterday. Instead of saying that, you start saying, well, what does God say about my day? Instead of saying, well, I'm not going to make any contracts today. I don't know what's going to happen. You take the word of God and you put it and you get some scripture in you. And you, you, put, you throw it on that poison situation. You've got to get the victory over that taste. I thought, about, I thought about how Jesus was on the cross. When he was on the cross and he was dying, there were some people that gave him some wine mixed with gall. This is a very bitter thing. It's vinegary. It tastes very bitter. And so they took it, they dipped it, a sponge, and they tried to give it to Jesus. Jesus tasted a little bit. He didn't know what it was. Tasted it, and he found out it was bitter. And what they were doing, the, the soldiers, the people that were there, they were giving it to him. They were trying to do is they were, they were trying to say, look, you're about to die a bitter death. You're, you're about to die on a bitter cross. You're about to go, you went through a, a bitter torture, a bitter crucifixion. So just, just embrace this bitterness that you are having and, and take it in. Let it be a part of your life. And what does Jesus do? Probably could have used some water at that moment. Could have used something to quench his thirst. But when he, once he realized what it was, it was bitter. It was this vinegary that he said, no, I refuse to take in bitterness into my life. Jesus said, I'm not going to take that bitterness. You can have that bitterness. And, you know, he's saying, yeah, you might have hurt me. Yeah, you might have done me wrong. Yeah, you've inflicted pain on me. But I'm innocent in this situation. But I refuse to become bitter at you. And there are many of us here that have been done wrong and you've been hurt. But let me tell you that when you get victory in your life and you put your foot down on that situation that Satan sent to make you bitter, to make you angry, to make you upset, to make you tense, to mess you up, to make you a mad person, when you put your foot down on the king of taste, you say, I refuse to take bitterness in because the power of Christ rests in me. I can forgive. I can love my enemies. I can do good to those who have done wrong against me. That's the power of a faith-filled life. Can somebody say yes to that? Yeah. And that's what we start to do. We start to trade our bitterness for the taste of God, to taste God. I love it. Listen to the, what the psalmist teaches in the book of Psalms. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. You start trading in this bitterness for what God gives us, his goodness. 